Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Nigel. I'm part of the team here, and it's Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to be preaching and sharing with you. But in many ways, I think what we were experiencing there sort of runs ahead of what I'm going to be talking about, as I want to be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Before I do, Lillian, it's great to see you this morning. It's your birthday. And we're not going to sing happy birthday. We're going to honour you. Let's give you a big round of applause. Lillian, we honour you. In fact, it's a birthday hotspot down at the front, Lillian and Josh. Actually, birthdays are really important because not only have we seen a, a newborn baby, we delight over the new thing. But birthdays remind us of those days there's a favour. There's a particular joy, a particular outpouring of love for the person whose birthday is. Hope you guys feel that today. You better. And that's the same today for us as a church. It's the birthday of the church. Pentecost was when the Spirit was poured out on the church. God loves his church, the body of Christ. In fact, I think today there's a day of favor where God just says, yeah, I love, I love my church. And as he poured out his Spirit at the very start, so again today he pours out his spirit on his church that we may know the deep favor and love of the father in heaven so um that's what we're going to be kind of moving in this morning as we go from there we've been looking this month at a, a series on the essentials of the christian faith and this morning we're going to be looking at the the essential thing of the holy spirit particularly being baptized in the holy spirit so what i'm going to do is just going to share a little bit of scripture from you in the book of acts Acts chapter 2. This is a, an account of the, the church starting at the very beginning of its life. There was a time when there wasn't the church and then the church began. And what happens is that um, we're just going to read an account of the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a Jewish feast 50 days after the Passover. Now, in the accounts that the Passover was the time when Jesus was with his disciples and was crucified and killed and three days later rose from the dead. And then in 50 days after that Passover, there's another Jewish festival, Pentecost, where they would celebrate the wheat harvest. It was a harvest festival. But at this time, this is where we pick up where the followers of Jesus, the disciples, are in Jerusalem. Now, in a number of places, and in, in Acts, and the chapter 1, but also at the end of Luke, in chapter 24, we read this little bit that Jesus speaks to his disciples, having shown himself resurrected, he um, says to them this little bit, we're going to have it on the screen, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. So the disciples being obedient to Jesus, they're in Jerusalem, they're in an upper room. And as Luke recounts this, Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, also wrote Acts. And it's no coincidence that they're in an upper room, as we remember the Passover, we're back there again. And this is Acts chapter 2, where we're going to read. And I'm, I'm slightly skipping some bits of Acts chapter 2, because I need to get on with it. Um, but follow me. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost came, all the disciples, they were together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together 
in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Luke goes on to list all the many different uh, languages that were being spoken. They say, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, that's the other apostles, and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. God has raised... So Peter goes on to explain what happened with Jesus and then summarizes by saying this. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all for whom the Lord our God will call. I'm going to share with you briefly three things around the Holy Spirit. And the first one is about the promises of the Holy Spirit. I highlighted it in some of the texts, because it keeps cropping up, this word, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right from the very beginning, in fact, the start of Genesis in the Bible, we see the work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit was active in creation, in being made. And then throughout the stories in the Old Testament, whenever something's going on with God, it's the Holy Spirit that is at work in, in the world. And so the Holy Spirit has been active and working out, but in a, in a restricted way. So often we would read accounts where in the Old Testament, priests would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Prophets speaking God's word would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Kings leading God's people would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. But it didn't go much further than that. And so the Holy Spirit has always been happening, but there's a promise, there's something that the Old Testament would point towards in the New Testament that this wasn't it, this wasn't the finished thing. So we read about it actually in Ezekiel, one of the Old Testament prophets, Ezekiel 36. He talks about a time when um, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh, where people's hearts of stone will be removed and a heart of flesh will be given, where instead of the commands being obeyed from an, an external observing, there'll be something that'll be written on the hearts. God's spirit will be in his people. And again, another prophet that speaks about it is Joel. And we read about this because Peter quotes Joel, chapter 2, when he's talking to the crowd. So Peter is now linking this prophecy of Joel where God will pour out his spirit on men and women, sons and daughters. And he is saying on this account of Pentecost, he said, this thing that you see as you hear all these people jabbering away in different languages, this is it. This is what Joel has been pointing towards. There's a promise of the Holy Spirit and now we're seeing the Holy Spirit. 
this is now being enacted. That actually God's heart is that his promise for the Holy Spirit was never restricted to a few important people or anointed offices, but actually that God's heart was that every person would be filled with the Spirit of God. And so Peter is recognizing that, ah, this, this prophecy has come true. Actually, we're seeing it right now. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on all people. It wasn't just in the Old Testament, but Jesus himself promised the Holy Spirit. There's a little bit at the beginning of John's Gospel, and there's a, a slide coming up, where John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, sees Jesus coming towards him. John has been baptizing people with water, a baptism of repentance for sin. And John says this, look, the Lamb of God, that's Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. That's speaking of Jesus' death and that God is going to use him to deal with sin. But he then says, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So God spoke to John the Baptist saying, this person that you've baptized, when he baptized Jesus, the Spirit rested on him. We see the sign of the Father speaking, the Spirit resting on him like a dove. And so John the Baptist is saying, this person is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And later on in John's Gospel, in John 14 and 16, as there's a number of discourses on the night before Jesus was betrayed. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm going to give you something. I've got to go. I'm going to send you the counselor. My father is going to send you the counselor in my name. In John 14 and 16, he repeats it, saying, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. There's something that Jesus is promising his followers and then telling them, stay in Jerusalem until you've received what has been promised from on high. God's plan... God's promise with the Holy Spirit is that every person would experience the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, that Joel prophecy has now been fulfilled. But it's not been finished. God's heart still today is a promise that every person will be filled with the Spirit of God. That is still true for us today. That's God's promise to you and to every person that's alive, that they would be filled with the Spirit of God. That's still his heart to see people filled with the Spirit of God. And Peter says that at the end of his preach in Acts 2. This is for all of you who are near and far off, for every person, that you would know Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, and you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. But now we're going to look at the power of the Holy Spirit. See, one of the questions is, when did Jesus baptize people with the Holy Spirit? We all know he was going to. John prophesied, said, this is the guy who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. But when did it happen? It happened on Pentecost. As Jesus was with the Father, the Spirit was sent. And it was on Pentecost that Jesus baptized his followers with the Holy Spirit. This is a baptism of the Spirit enacted in Pentecost. This was the time that Jesus had been looking forward to. This is what John was speaking towards. You see, with Jesus, he was sent by the Father to the world to bring people back to God. Now Jesus is sending his people, the church, to help bring people back to God. And so just as the Father has sent Jesus, now Jesus is sending his people. Just as the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, now 
Jesus is anointing us, his followers, with it. The key thing with the Holy Spirit is around looking at power. And right at the very beginning, before Jesus was born, his miraculous birth was by the Holy Spirit. And we read in Luke's account of Jesus' life that actually he grew up full of the Holy Spirit. But what changed? What made him go into mission and ministry? When did that start? For Jesus, it was his baptism. He goes to John the Baptist gets baptized, not because he sinned, but to fulfill all righteousness, to, to represent us. He gets baptized when he comes in, comes up from the water, the Spirit anoints him. What happens then? Actually, it says Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert. He's tempted for 40 days. He comes back out of the, the desert full of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, he goes, does his first preach. What does he say? Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news. Jesus is full of the Spirit. He's been anointed by the Spirit. The power of the Spirit is resting on him. And at that point, Jesus' mission and ministry begins. So it is with the church. As we read in Acts, the way that we get power of the Spirit is through baptism. That is how you receive power, is through the baptism of the Spirit. And so it, on Acts, as they gather in that room, and then suddenly the sound like a rushing wind, and the Spirit falls. It's the baptism of the Spirit on the church. Why? Just to feel good about things? No, to enter into mission and enter into the ministry of Jesus that's been called. What's so important about power? Well, we see just from that Acts 2 account, something radical changed for this bunch of believers. Now, these people already believed in Jesus. They believed he was the Son of God. They believed that he died for them and rose again. They were Christians. They were already following Jesus, yet they were missing something. They believed the right stuff. They were doing the right thing. But this, the baptism of the Spirit, released power on their lives. And suddenly the power breaks out. You see something different happening. There's a boldness. It gets noisy and rowdy. And there's a boldness to witness as Jesus, Peter stands up to speak to this crowd this is Jerusalem. This is the city that 50 days ago, Jesus had been killed and crucified by the crowd saying, crucify him. And now Peter is empowered to do the first preach of the church, to say, this is who Jesus is and we're witnesses to it. There's a boldness on their witness and a courage and a faith that wasn't there before. Instead of being hiding, they've gone public. It's because the power of the Spirit is resting on them. We can do all sorts of stuff, good things for Jesus. But to do the mission and the ministry of Jesus, we have to do it in the power of the Spirit. That's how it's been set up. That's how it's been designed. Why do we need the power of the Spirit? Well, we need it because also it releases the supernatural power. They start speaking in tongues, different languages. There's a supernatural anointing that is at work. That's one reason why we're doing the Empowered Course in June, and we'd love to encourage you there for you to get hold of the things of the Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, to be able to flow and move in that. It's a power anointing. You don't need to go on the Empower course if you're not interested in any of that stuff. You can just carry on as normal, but if you want to be empowered by the Spirit, <laughs> then really you need to be able to know how the Spirit works and to ask for that. And so with the power of the Spirit, we see it happens, it's released through baptism. Now, in the, the kind of history of the church, and even recently with 
different church denominations, there's some confusion or debate around how does the baptism of the Spirit work or the second blessing or the whatever. There's all sorts of different arguments that we won't go into this morning about it. I want to make it really clear to you. We believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as we do, we see the power of God being released on people's lives and being able to enter into that. That is really key. But we also see it as a thing where it's a repeated thing to carry on being filled by the Spirit of God. In fact, two chapters later in Acts 4, there's another mini Pentecost. It happens again. They all get filled and it's kicked off again. We need to carry on being filled and filled and filled. Filled with the fullness of the Spirit as we follow Jesus. And so whether for you, whether you might say, yeah, I remember a time someone prayed for me and I received the Holy Spirit. That was a tangible thing. Maybe it was around the time when you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe it was later on. We don't mind. We're not fussed. What we do want to say is we want you to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want you to keep on being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. To be filled again and again and again in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what we need as a church. That's what is the gift to us. As Peter says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Many of us as Christians can settle for the presence of Jesus. Jesus, you're with me, but we're not so bothered about the power of Jesus. We like having the presence of Jesus because it's nice to know he's with us. But do you want the power of Jesus? The power of Jesus changes things. For some of us, we think, look, if I just did a bit better, if I just prayed a bit more, if I just maybe made it to more church things, if I was just a bit more generous, things would click and happen. No, it doesn't work like that. You need the power of the Spirit. It's the power of the Spirit work for you. You can't self-generate this stuff. As much as we give ourselves to God, it's God's Spirit that anoints us and empowers us to love Him and know Him more. We need more of the power of God in our lives. I know I do. I feel very powerless most of the time, especially in trying to parent three boys. I'm sure I said go that way, and they've all just... We need the power of the Spirit to help us know Jesus, to love Him, and live for Him. So that's what we're going to be doing for the rest of our time shortly. I'm going to give an invitation. We're going to welcome the Spirit of God. We're going to pray for the power of the Spirit to rest on you. And it might be that you've never had someone pray with you to be filled with the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit. And we'd love to give that opportunity this morning. There'll be some of us around down at the front. We'd love to pray with you. We see as the story of the new church in Acts unfolds, people would lay on hands and say, receive the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, that people would receive the Spirit of God. If that's you this morning, we'd love you to do that. Now, I know some people can be a bit scared of the Holy Spirit. A bit, oh, I'm not sure about this. And that's understandable as well. That's why on the Alpha course that we run, we, we spend a lot of time looking at who the Holy Spirit is and the work of the Holy Spirit to help people get hold of it. But we would say it's not optional. As Christians, we're to move and, and live in the power of the Spirit. My final thing about the Holy Spirit, not only is it a promise from God, not only that we need the power of the Spirit, but there's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. What is the point of the Holy Spirit being poured out? Is it just so it helps us to sort of sing a bit louder? Actually, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, I think, comes back to the promise, to fulfill the promise of the Holy Spirit. God wants to see every person filled with the Spirit to be part of his family. Again, that's the call that Peter makes to every person, near or far, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
we see as the rowdy disciples spill out on the streets and as Peter explains to the crowd what's going on. We notice a number of things, all these different languages, suddenly it's global. This following Jesus thing isn't set to just a few handful of people in Jerusalem. Already it's spreading. It's a global thing for everyone in the world, for every tribe and tongue to understand and know who God is. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not just to reveal that to everyone, but it's, it's for everyone. It's universal. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your education is, what class, what country you're from, what experiences you've had, whether you've had a difficult start to life, whether you've had a privileged start of life. The Holy Spirit is for every person and everyone. Acts makes that really clear. This is for all of you to call on the name of the Lord. Find forgiveness for your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we proclaim that today. I mean, in an austerity crisis, it's free. Come on, it's free. You can have as much of it as you like, whenever you like. There's no limit on it. But we often limit it. We often reduce it. Oh, we'll just do that bit at the end of the service for prayer for five minutes. You're allowed to say, God, fill me with your power at any time. As you're driving to work, as you're freaking out trying to parent your kids as you're struggling with whatever it might be, as you're full of joy and celebrating, God, fill me with your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me again. I need your power. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to carry on this promise that every person would know the love of God in their lives. And the reason the church has lost its power is because we've lost our purpose. It has to be about mission. It has to be about sharing the good news. The reason they could hear it is that they would, all the people spilling out in the streets were declaring the wonders of God. We as God's people need to declare the wonders and praises of God to every person so they can respond and know it. We lose our power because we've lost the purpose. We're not into just trying to run nice services. That was never God's plan. His promise is that every person would know him and be filled and there's space in his family. And so we as God's people, we need to spill out. We need to be loud. We need to declare the praises of God that people would hear it, be intrigued, provoked, and want to find out more. And actually there is room for everyone to repent, to be baptized, to find forgiveness of sins, and to be filled with the power of the Spirit so they can then be part of that story as well. And so we want to pray today on Pentecost Sunday, that God would send his spirit again. But also there'd be a power on it. I don't know as I've been speaking whether you feel, ah, I feel powerless at times in my Christian walk. I feel I know the right stuff, I say the right stuff, I do the right stuff. But I feel powerless. We want to pray today that there wouldn't just be a, a nice blessing, but we want to ask for the power of Jesus by his Holy Spirit to rest on you and fill you. And whether that's for the very first time or whether you would like that again and again and again, you can always ask for more because there is always more of the Spirit. So what I'm going to do, I just want to take a bit of time to pray together. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able to. And I'm simply going to pray and welcome the Spirit of God to be with us again and ask for his power to rest on us. And then we're going to wait, so it will go a bit quiet. So if you're online or catching up, this will go a bit quiet for a bit. But maybe you can join us as well, just to be open wherever you are, to be able to receive the Holy Spirit.
And then probably the worship band will start helping us just in that presence of Jesus to receive from him. And if anyone would like some prayer, we'll probably invite people to come forward as well. So it might go a little bit, you know, sketchy, because I don't really know what's going to happen. But we just want to welcome the presence of Jesus here. Is that all right? Well done, you've listened very well. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able to. And just for this next bit, we want to just be open to what God may, might want to be saying to us, doing. It might be that as you become aware of God's Spirit resting on you, it might be prayers that you want to say to God, things that you want to bring to Him. So God, we thank you for this day, this birthday of your church. Thank you, Lord, that you love your church and that you want to pour out your spirit on us now. So we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and rest on us and fill us. Come and renew us again, oh God. Rest on your people. Jesus, I want to ask that you would release power now, power by your spirit on our lives. I want to pray for those who are actually feeling weak, God, where in our, in our natural way, we don't feel we can offer much to you. I want to pray for the empowering of your spirit now. Come, Holy Spirit, release power on our lives.